Colin up. Alright, hey, good afternoon. You guys awake out there? Good afternoon. 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 We say this every week, so I bet a lot of you guys can help me say this, but we exist to see all people know, love, and follow after Jesus. And uh, if this is your first time here and you're actually not a Christian, we want to let you know that this is a place where you can feel welcome. And we hope that this would be a place where some of your questions can get answered and you can hear the good news about the gospel, what Jesus has done for you. Well, guys, as we gather together, I want to start with a question for us. Have you guys ever failed at something? Like something big. Where you may be disappointed your friends or your family. And in those moments where you disappointed or you failed or you let someone down, how did those people respond to you? You know, I think in every single one of us, we all want to be people who can be trusted in, who can be counted on, and we don't like to disappoint or to fail, do we? But the truth is, as much as all of us want to do that, we all fail at something sometimes. And in those moments, maybe when you failed or you let people down, how do you think God responds to you? Uh, this afternoon, we're going to be in Mark chapter 8, so if you have your Bibles. And the big picture that Mark wants to, us to see is that Jesus Christ is faithful. That he is faithful even when we're not. And as we're going to see in the disciples' life, that he's faithful even when we're forgetful. Alright, so uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 8. We're just going to read verses 1 through 4, but we're actually going to be in verses 1 to 21. Alright, so if you guys would stand for the reading of God's word. We'll just read this together in English first and then we'll read it in Chinese. Alright, let's read this together. One, two, three. In those days there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat. He called the disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd. Because they were hungry, they would collapse on the way, and some of them would come along the distance. The disciples answered them, Where can anyone get enough bread here in this desolate place to feed these people? 
对他们说：“我怜悯这一群人，因为他们和我一起已经有三天没有什么吃的了。如果我叫他们散开，饿着肚子回家去，他们会在路上晕倒，因为有人是从很远的地方来的。”门徒回答：“在这荒野地方，从哪里能找食物叫这些人吃饱呢？”一起祷告。Yeah, Lord, in this place, where can we find food to feed people? 主啊，在这个地方，我们如何能够找到食物来使人饱足 ？Lord, in and of ourselves, we have nothing that we can give each other to feed our needs and to meet our desires. But in you, we have everything. 主，我们微小的自己无法去喂饱别人，但是在你里面，我们可以做到。Father, we sing this afternoon that you are one desire, that you are enough. 耶稣，今天下午我们一起要来同声说：“你是我们的唯一，你就已经足够了。”And Holy Spirit, we turn to the Word of God to be fed this afternoon. 圣灵，今天我们要来让神你自己的话语保喂饱我们。Speak to us, change us. 主对我们说话，改变我们。In the name of Jesus, we pray. 奉耶稣之名祷告。Amen. All right. And then, so Mark chapter eight, verse one. Mark says that in those days. Again, a large crowd came. 好，在第八章第一节说，那个时候又再一次的有许多人聚集。Now this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. 这个并不是第一次发生哈。And it's really easy as you're reading the Gospel of Mark to skip over the feeding of the four thousand. 其实呢，如果你读这个马可福音，很容易我们就会跳过这个喂饱四千人的故事。Because it's so similar to the story we read a couple of weeks ago about where Jesus feeds five thousand. And yet we've talked about how in the Gospel of Mark, it's the shortest gospel account of all the other writers. So everything that Mark puts in here is for a purpose and it's intentional. Mark 福音呢是在其他书卷里面的最短的一本福音书，但是每一个写在这里面的字句都是有它意义存在的。So why would Mark put this in a second time? Well, there's two reasons that Mark does this. 有两个原因，马可这样做。And the first one, we're not going to spend too much time on because we've talked about it before. 那呢，我们之前已经谈过了哈，所以我们也不用花太多时间去讲。But the first reason is actually because it involves the 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 direction of the mission of Jesus. 那第一个原因呢，为什么会提这一点呢？就是说提到这个耶稣他自己的一个宣教方向。The first time that Mark records Jesus feeding five thousand people is actually feeding a largely Jewish group of people. 第一次耶稣记载耶稣喂饱五千个人，其实呢是喂饱很多的犹太人。But the second time here, actually Jesus is ministering to a largely Gentile group of people, which would be all of us. 第二次呢，这里所提到这个喂饱呢，是大部分讲到外邦人，那有就是我们这一群人。And so Mark is showing us big picture that Jesus' kingdom, his gospel, his blood, his body is enough for all people, not just one culture, one race, but every single person. 所以保啊，不是保罗，马可他在这里就是要告诉我们呢，耶稣他其实呢，他要讲的这个福音是给所有的每一位的。But there's a second reason that Mark includes this in the Gospel of Mark. 那第二点呢？这个马可他为什么要把这个故事再次写下来 ？And i 是比较属于神学观点的。And so I want us to continue to read the story a little bit together. 那我们再继续的读下面的故事。In verses three through five, Jesus says, "I want to feed these people because I have compassion on them." 
And then in verse 4, his disciples said this, Where can anyone get enough bread here in this desolate place to feed these people? As you're reading this, you got to be asking yourself this question. Really? Like, guys, you're asking this question, and you just had this powerful experience? It's like, here we go again. This just happened two chapters ago. The disciples are asking the same question. And you have to, I'm sure as you're looking at the disciples' lives, you have this question of how can someone experience the power of God in such a mighty way only to be in a very similar situation and ask the same question. How can someone experience a miracle like that but forget so easily, be in another situation and ask this again? I'm encouraged by this because I think that you and me do the same thing so often. That how many of you guys have experienced the, the power of God, the provision of God, the grace of God, find yourself in the exact same situation and begin asking, God, how are you going to come through? How are you going to meet this need that I have? See, Mark includes this story a second time because he wants you and I to know this, that even in our forgetfulness, Christ remains faithful. When I first looked at chapter 8, I was talking to some guys here and I said, man, you know, we might just skip over this story completely because it's really repetitive. And the point is, it is. Because we're forgetful people. And we need to be reminded of God's grace, of His faithfulness, of His goodness. So this word again is encouraging. Because it reminds us that what God has done in the past, He's faithful and able to do it again. Uh, the Webster's Dictionary defines this is the definition for faithfulness. It's true to one's word, promises, and vows. And the Bible declares that actually God is faithful. Deuteronomy 7 9 says this Know that the Lord your God is a God, the faithful God, who keeps his gracious covenant for a thousand generations. So 
So that means that God's faithfulness is this, the repeated action of God as he remains true to his word time and time and time again. And I know that you and I know this, but how many times have you seen your prayers answered and once again you're like, it blows me away, even though God does it again and again and again, it still surprises us and blows us away that God is so faithful. Martin Lloyd-Jones is a famous theologian, but he says this, it's a mistake to think that just because we know something, we don't need to be reminded of it repeatedly. 有一个神学家他这样子讲,就是呢,当你觉得你知道一件事情的时候,你就不需要别人重复的来提醒你,这是一个很大的错误。And how many times, guys, does the Christian life, does it just boil down to repetition? 其实很多时候呢,我们的这个基督徒的生命不也是这样吗? I think many times when we look at the Christian life, many of us are wanting kind of a magic formula for instant growth and instant freedom, but so much of the Christian life just comes down to these Daily rhythms that God has given us. That Jesus repeats this miracle, he repeats his words, he repeats his promises to us because so much of what we need does not come from one gathering here together, but the daily meditation on his word, on his promises, and in prayer. One of, one of the sports that I'm horrible at is golf. I like it, I'm really bad at it. Golf is one of those things that you have to practice your swing over and over and over and over again until it almost becomes like a memory and then you walk out and then you can hit the ball. And it's the same for us in the Christian life. So much of our change and so much growth just happens through daily being disciplined with these rhythms that God has given us. Prayer, meditation, uh, fellowship. Uh, Galatians 6 9 says this. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. That the disciples find themselves in the exact same spot, in the exact same situation, not because they did anything wrong. It's because that Jesus wanted to remind them and show them again that he has everything that they need and that he will be faithful to provide it for them. So let me ask you a question. What does God keep bringing you back to in your life? Time and time and time again. Now, 
What situation do you or I often find ourselves in again and again? That's the place that He wants us to learn. That's the place that He wants us to grow. Okay, we have a lot of room to cover, so we're going to move to these next verses pretty quickly. But Jesus goes on. He asks the disciples this question. He says, "How many loaves do you have?" All right. Does anybody know in the first story how many pieces of bread they have? You got it. Five. It's funny because everybody gets the bread and fish mixed up, but it's five pieces of bread in the first story. In this one, we see that they have seven. Now, why would Mark include that detail? Because he wants us to remember, and he wants us to see that Jesus is showing us it's not how much or how little that you have; it's what do you do with what God has given you. The truth is that you and I will go through seasons where we have plenty, and you and I will go through seasons where we don't have very much at all. And it's not about how much we do have or we don't have; it's do we take what's been given to us, do we give it back to Christ for Him to use? 有时候会处丰盛, this isn't just about money, but this is our resources, our gifts, our talents, everything that God has given us. However much you think you have, or how little you think you have, Jesus can use it. I mean, wouldn't it have been really silly if the disciples sat there and they looked at the crowd and they said, okay, here's 4,000 people who need bread. And they said, you know what, Jesus? We got this. And they took their seven, seven pieces of bread. They began to just kind of cut up a little. I mean, these are like little pieces. And they began to hand them out, like sprinkle these crumbs everywhere, you know? But that's what our power looks like. When we try to keep our resources, our talents, just for ourselves and try to use our own power, that's what that looks like. But let's see what Jesus does with what they give him. In verse, in verse 6, it says that he commanded the crowd to sit on the ground, and it says that he took the loaves and gave thanks. That Jesus gives thanks. He gives thanks. There's a couple reasons why he does this, but he gives thanks. I think the most obvious reason is because he thanks the Father for what he has, but also he thanks God for what he's about to do. And I wonder how many of us have recently taken time to actually give thanks to God for what He's given us. Or do we find ourselves rather complaining about what we don't have? 
Not even just like resources and talents, but even the way that God has made us. Like, when's the last time that you and I actually thank God for the way that He's made us and the way that He's gifted us? Or do we rather complain that He hasn't made us like someone else? That Jesus took these loaves and He thanked God because He knew the power was not in the bread, was it? It's not the supply of bread. The power is in the never-ending supply of God the Father. The the power to do God's mission, the power to obey God's call in your life, does not come from your resources, but it comes from the never-ending, limitless power of God. And so the scripture says, give thanks. Uh, you know, as I, as I thought about this, I thought about my life, and I think this phrase rings true in my life that comparison is the thief of joy. How many of you guys know that comparison steals our joy? Because when we compare, what we're basically saying is, God, you made a mistake. What you've given me or how you made me is wrong. But just like Jesus, we can give thanks to the Father, trusting and knowing that He is faithful to use what He's given us, to use how He's made us to complete the mission that He's called us to do. Finally, we see that not only did He take the loaves and He gave thanks, but He actually used the resources that the disciples gave Jesus, gave Him, to serve people around Him. In verses 6 through 7, it says that he took the loaves, he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. So they served them to the crowd. They also had a few small fish. And after he blessed them, he said that these were to be served as well. That Jesus shows us that he is faithful to take our meager resources, whatever we have, and multiply them and use them in such a way that people are ministered to. So that means this, that every gift you have, every resource, every talent, every training that you've been given, it's not just for you, but it's actually to be used by God to bless other people. I read something recently where there's this uh, there's this farmhouse in the countryside of England, and in this farmhouse, just way out in the Xiangxia, is the finest, most expensive collection of antique violins. Uh, 
小提琴。Yes. And, and, and because they're in this house, they're actually set as like a display, almost like a museum, and they'll never be used. But could you imagine what millions of dollars worth of these violins would sound like if some of the best violin players got to play them? Could you imagine the music that could be played like that? I don't know. My daughter plays violin. I'm horrible at it. But、uh, I'm sure she knows that sound. City Light, we don't want to be a museum. We don't want our church to be a church where your gifts and your talents are simply put on display, never to be used, just like a museum. That's not what we want for this church. Rather, we want City Light to be like a workshop where God uses every single gift, every single talent, like tools, as He makes something beautiful for His glory and for our good. 我们希望教呃这个城市之光教会的众弟兄姐妹的才能呢，就像是一个工作坊里面一直持续不断在运作的一件事。Hudson Taylor said this. He said that God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. 戴德生这样说：神用他的方式来成就他的这个能力的事情呢，是绝对不会缺乏神的供应。And so, what gifts or resources has God given you? 那到底呢是？神怎神给你什么样子的一个资源？你感谢他给你的那个资源吗 ？Good be sign. All right. Are you thankful for those things, and are you continually placing those resources back in His hands to be used for His glory? 你有没有常常把神给你的资源呢用在神的荣耀里？ All right, we're going to transition a little bit because Mark shows us. Remember, the big picture is that Christ is faithful, and these things that He wants to show us is because Christ is faithful, our needs are met. That's the first part. But next, because He's faithful, our sin is confronted. We're going to run into this. So, we're now a little overdue. 因为神这样子的一个供应，那我们的罪就要被对付。If you go to verse eleven, it says that Jesus went to the other side, and guess who was there waiting for him? His biggest fans, Pharisees and Sadducees. 那我们知道呢，耶稣就到了另外一端哈，然后竟然呢被他的粉丝团来团团包住。这粉丝团是谁呢？法利赛人跟撒都该人。Uh, verse eleven through twelve, it says that as soon as Jesus got there, the Pharisees came and began to argue with him, demanding, "Show me a sign." Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, "Why does this generation demand a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation." 十一节开始，法利赛人出来盘问耶稣，求他从天上显个神机给他们看，想要试探他。耶稣心里深深的叹息说：“这世代为什么求神机呢？我实在告诉你们，没有神机给这世代看。” Guys, Jesus is faithful to confront sin. Mark wants us to see that these men had no interest in the message that Jesus was preaching. 这一些问问题的人根本对上帝所讲的事情呢都没有任何的一个根本不在乎，但是呢，耶稣却来面对他们这样子的问题，要来对付他们罪。If you look at your Bible, you look back at the screen. The word that says to test, it actually means to tempt. 那这里呢，其实呢，英文是这样讲的，它是一个测试，但是
And the only time that Mark uses this word in the gospel that he writes is to describe the activity of Satan. That's not someone that you want to be compared to. And so Mark is showing us that the activity of these religious leaders is exactly the same as Satan himself when he's tempting Jesus in the wilderness. And what's amazing about Jesus is many times in the gospel it says that he sets his face towards the cross, that he doesn't compromise. And here in the story, guys, he, Jesus knows that these people are plotting to kill his life. Jesus knows that there are people around him who would love for him just to bow down to what these religious leaders were wanting. But does Jesus compromise? No, he confronts their sin head on. As in the Gospels, Jesus is rightly displayed as the one who seeks after the lost sheep, he pursues all people, because God loved the world, he sent his only son. But did you know that 41 times in the Gospels, it's accounted that Jesus actually walks away from people because of their hard-heartedness and unbelief. This is one of those examples. It says here in verse 13, it says, Then he left them. That word is actually not just, okay, he said, peace out, and I'll see you again some other time. It was like a departure. I'm turning my back and I'm going to the cross. And when you read this story, you, you probably ask yourself this question what sign could these men possibly? Wanted. What could they have possibly wanted more than what Jesus already did? I mean, was it raising someone from the dead or, or seeing someone being healed from a demon possession or making someone's arm grow out? Like, wouldn't that be a sign enough for someone to believe that Jesus is who he says he is? For most people, yes. I think for most people, yes. But these men, the Bible shows us that they were looking for a sign that would show them that Jesus would be the kind of king, the kind of Messiah that they wanted. And so Mark says that they were not looking for a sign to believe, but rather an excuse not to. 
他们其实要的神机呢，并不是要去让他们相信，而是要一个让他们不去相信的神机。That the Bible shows us that these men did not want a savior for their sin; they wanted a God who would meet their desires. 圣经里面讲到说，他们并不是要一个让他们自己的心里面罪的一个这个拯救者，而是呢，要一个王。And let's be honest. This is how we're too. We are. We are the same way this time as, as these guys are. We. I think many times we want a God that we can control instead of the Jesus that we have to surrender to. We often want a God that we can control instead of the Jesus that we have to surrender to. We often want a God that we can control instead of the Jesus that we have to surrender to. We often want a God that we can control instead of the Jesus that we have to surrender to. Christ's salvation. When we read these texts, we are very clear that God cannot save people as much as as powerful as miracles are and signs and wonders are. All they are is a testimony, a validation of the message of the gospel. And I'm sure that you've had this experience, but I've seen people healed. Right, their bodies have been healed, but their hearts have not submitted to the message of the gospel. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for that. I think we should be a church that cries out and prays for miracles and for signs and wonders and for the power of the Holy Spirit. What Jesus is showing us here is that more than bodies being healed. We need hearts to repent and believe in who Jesus is and what He says. I want to talk about is not that we should not pray for these people. But we are saying that we should pray for these people. So He is faithful to confront our sin. If you go through the story, we're going to finish on this last part when He goes to His disciples. That we know that God is faithful to confront our sin. And He will go to His disciples. In verse 14, as they go to the other side, they're in the boat. Look at what verse 14 says: The disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. And as Jesus just had this interaction with the, the Pharisees, it says that he turned to his disciples and he said, "Beware." Like it's like Jesus is getting in their face. He's saying, "Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod." What do you guys think it means when he says the leaven of Pharisees and of Herod? What Jesus is referring to is he's referring to these religious leaders, their teaching, their unbelief, and their hypocrisy. And I think if, if you're reading a story, it's easy to think, well, Jesus, these these are your these are your disciples. Like they would be so far removed from ever being tainted or ever being touched by this kind of unbelief or this kind of bad teaching, right? But Jesus knows our hearts. He knows the human heart, and He knows that how easy it is for every single one of us to fall into unbelief. 
to fall into hypocrisy. And so he tells his disciples, beware, be on guard. And if you go on, it says after Jesus said this in verse 16, what do these guys do here? They were discussing among themselves, they don't have any bread. I'm sure every parent or every coach has probably had this experience, but you're explaining just like this really intense message, the most important thing, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But completely something off the wall. They didn't catch anything you said. And so Jesus is, is looking at his disciples and he's telling them to beware, to be on guard. Like these things can, can infiltrate your heart. And as the disciples heard them, they turned back and said, But Peter, man, like, seriously, seven baskets of leftover bread? You didn't even get one? Like, you're supposed to be the guy to get the bread for us. And instead of focusing on the important thing, the disciples were only talking about bread. And I think what Mark wants us to see is that these disciples are so slow to understand who Jesus is and what he said he's come to do. And I think as, as Jesus is responding to them, he's, he's angry, he's righteously angry, and so he says these five questions here. He says, Do you not understand? Do you have heart and hearts? Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? Do you not remember? Do any of you guys remember where these questions come from? Back in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is talking about the different kinds of soils. And he says that these questions describe people who are outside of the kingdom. And so here in this moment, you have Jesus' own disciples displaying characteristics just like the religious leaders he walked away from and confronted. But what Mark wants us to see, and this is the big main point of what Jesus is teaching us, is that where Jesus walked away from the Pharisees, he continues to walk with the disciples. Guys, let's be honest, if you were Jesus, would you really give these disciples another chance? If you do, let me know because we need your help. These guys have been with Jesus for a year and a half. They've seen him do miracles, they've heard his teaching, and they still don't get it. 
在一起一年半的时间了，但是都还不清楚耶稣要做什么事情。And Jesus is faithful not to walk away from them, but to walk with them. 但耶稣他非常的信实，他并没有选择离弃他们，而是继续不断的陪他们走。But these guys had blind spots in their hearts and in their lives. And so, what's the hope for these guys? What's the hope for you? We all operate this way. We have things we believe in our head that that don't reach down to our hearts. We have things that we believe in our head that we don't live out in our lives. Every single one of us, we have blind spots. So, what's the hope for us? Remember, last year, actually,、uh, last year when we were first starting the church. Charlie Cottle actually wrote these、uh, letters of encouragement to us. That I remember. Last year, when we started this church, Charlie, this little girl, she wrote a letter to every person. And I remember opening mine. I was impressed that she did this, you know, just by herself. Her mom did that. Her mom and dad didn't make her do it. Then, when I was reading it, I was very, very moved. Why? Because her father and mother didn't tell her to do this. And I remember opening the letter and I was reading. I was like, "Oh, this is really encouraging." And she had a lot of good stuff to say. Then, when I was reading it, I was really encouraged. But the very last line. And this is my, this is my, this is my imagination of how she would say this. So don't forget. God's still working on you. And that's true, isn't it? Every single one of us, we have these spots in our lives where we operate just like the disciples. We don't get it. We're slow to understand. We have these areas in our life where what we know in our heads doesn't reach our hearts, and these are called blind spots. And so, what's the hope for us? What's the hope for you? I'll tell you what it is. Mark is going to show us that it is the ongoing, faithful, healing, shepherding. Of Jesus Christ. Mark has already told us that it is the ongoing healing, shepherding, and ongoing care. We don't have time to get into the story, but Mark ends this whole teaching, this whole section on where Jesus interacts with this blind man. That we have no time to talk about Jesus how he interacts with a blind man. And I hope you're encouraged by this because it's a weird miracle. Jesus actually lays his hands on the guy's eyes twice in order for him to be fully healed. And if you read the story, it says that Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes and he said, "What do you see?" And the man said it was like a blurred vision; he couldn't see everything very well. 这里的故事也记载说呢，当耶稣第一次按手在他身上的时候呢，你看到什么？他说：“我好像看到这个灰蒙蒙的。” And then he puts his hands on the man's eyes again, and his vision was fully restored. 然后又再一次按手在他的眼睛上面，他的这个视力完全的恢复了。How does that connect with what we just talked about? Mark is showing that the hope for your spiritual blindness, the hope for these disciples' blindness that they can't see, is the ongoing, patient, faithful touch, teaching, leading of Jesus Christ in our lives. Jesus is telling us that actually, in life, there is a blind spot, and it is also needed to be constantly guided, constantly guided, and to be able to get healed. 
That, guys, if you read that story, what would have happened if the guy that got his eyes healed the first time he said, Jesus, I can see, I can see, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, it, it would be problems, right? I mean, run into things, probably run into people. And it's the same for us. When you and I operate in arrogance and pride and do not understand that we have blind spots and areas that we still need to grow in, problems happen. First Corinthians 13, 12 says this. For, for now we see only in a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Have you guys ever been driving and you're about to change lanes and maybe your wife or your kids they're like, watch out! Or you're, or you're in Taiwan and you're about to change in a moto or a car honks their horn at you. And, and usually it's because there's a car or something or a person or a moto or in Taiwan it can be anything, a bike, something to your blind spot. Right? How thankful were you that someone told you about it? As in the same way, when Jesus comes with the Holy Spirit, brings conviction when people in our lives tell us about these areas. And we want to be a church, we want to be a culture where we're thankful for that. And so guys, to close, overall, what Mark is showing us is that he's showing us a Christ who is faithful even when we are not. Then I know every single one of us has heard about a religion or about gods where they require your faithfulness to receive their blessings, to receive their goodness, to receive their kindness. Right? Pay more money, go to the temple more, live more, like this way, and you will receive my blessing, you will receive my goodness. But have you ever heard of a God? Have you ever heard of a king? Where all of his blessings, all of his benefits, all of his goodness does not depend upon your faithfulness, but upon his. That is the gospel. Remember I told you before, when you fail people, when you disappoint people, a lot of times people will walk away from you. They will walk away, they'll, they'll say, you know, forget about it, you've already let me down. But if you are in Christ, that's the one thing that Jesus does not do. He never leaves us, He never forsakes us, He walks with us. That if you are in Christ, the gospel declares that Jesus will never leave you, He will never forsake you, and all of the benefits of God come to you through His faithfulness, not yours. 
对神，你让神失望了，他绝对不会离弃你，他会持续的陪你走完这条路。So Ephesians 1:3 says this. It says, "Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ." 以弗所书一章三节说，我们主耶稣基督的父，神是应当称颂的，他在基督里曾经把天上各种属灵的福分赐给我们。Second Timothy two thirteen. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. 提摩太后书二章十三节，我们纵然不信，他仍是信实的，因为他不能否定自己。这话是可信的。So church, we 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 need to hear this. We need to hear that every affirmation of the Father, every blessing of God, every power of the Holy Spirit does not depend upon your performance, upon your work, upon your faithfulness, but it depends solely on Christ. In Him alone. Ah, 弟兄姐妹，我们真的希希望自己能够记得哈，你今天能够所有的得到所有的祝福，都不在于你能够做什么，而是在于神的信实。So I don't know where you're at this afternoon, but I know that there are people in here that you have actually been rejected, or people have left you because you've disappointed them. Or because you failed. 我不知道你们现在的这个情况哈，是不是在我们当中有人呢？曾经因为你让人失望了，然后对方他离弃了你。And many times, even us as Christians, when we fail or whenever we don't perform well, we actually think that God is is disappointed in us, or maybe He's turned His back on us. 刚没讲完哈，你们离弃了你之后，你觉得被拒绝，可是呢，也有很多时候，你总觉得人离弃你是因为你做不好，你的表现不佳。Or maybe you're not a Christian yet, and you think, "Well, in order to receive God's blessing, I have to do more, try more, give more money." But did you know, in your moment of greatest failure, in your moment of greatest need, when you rejected Jesus, He looked at you from the cross and said, "Father, forgive them." 可是你记得吗？你要记得一件事情哈，当你在那一刻你离离弃了神，甚至呢你让神失望的时候，神却从十字架上来看着你说，你已经得赦免了。That Christ is faithful， 基督是信实的 ，Even though we're not， 纵使我们失信。And so let's stand together， 我们一起站立 ，Let's respond to the word of God， 我们一起来回应神的话语。A couple things I want to leave with you as you as you as we go on our way。Number one, like I said before, if 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 you aren't aware of how you're gifted, or we're asked you if you're using your gifts and your talents and you're giving them back to the Lord, that He might use them for His glory. 那我们就讲，可能你不知道你到底有什么样子从神来给你的一个恩赐，然后呢，你也不知道怎么样使用这个恩赐来让上帝得到荣耀。If you don't know where you're gifted, we have we're gonna put something on our Facebook page and you can take a spiritual gift test. And I encourage you, hey, take that test and and, and do two things with it. 那如果说你不知道你有什么样子的属灵恩赐呢？我们今天晚上会把一个属灵恩赐的评估表。If you're a Christian, take the test. The first thing is just take it to the Lord. Say, God, is this is this is this right? Just just ask Him about it first. 那你是基督徒，你做完这个测试，你把这个测试的结果带到神那里去，说，上帝啊，这个是真的，从你来的吗 ？But the second thing is ask people around you. Hey, do you see this in me? Is this is this something that you see is gifting in me? 那第二件事情呢？你做完
特质，你也可以问问你周边的人说，哎，你有没有看到我生命生命里面有这样子的一个恩赐？ Tell you there's a place for every single person in the kingdom. 我要让你们知道是神的国度里面大家都有份。And we want to be a church, man. We want all of your gifts to be utilized. We can't accomplish the mission that God has given us unless everybody's using their gifts for the glory of God. 我们要成为一个教会，大家必须携手合作。我们让每一个人的恩赐聚集一起来荣耀神。And then, second thing is Jesus confronts our sin. If you're here, you're, you're not a Christian. You're actually looking for an excuse not to believe, then to believe. I want you to know that Jesus is standing here. He's bringing you to a place in which you respond in repentance and in faith as you hear the gospel. 那第二件事情，我要让你知道，神是会跟你的心里面的罪、生命当中的罪来对质的。如果说你还没有相信神，这个时候你要来悔改，认识上帝。And then finally, just remember that Jesus, although he walked away from the religious leaders, he continues to walk with his people, faithful to heal us, to to grow us, to change us, even in the places that were blind. 我们知道耶稣离开法利赛人，但是他选择继续的陪门徒走下去，继续的医治，继续的陪他们成长。